All is calm. All is not bright here in the Sam Boner hood. What's going on, Mike Gill? What's going on, Mr. Colin Thompson? Happy Monday morning. Post Philadelphia Eagles loss. Three of those. You got three of those on the year to say. Three of those. And people are, the sky is falling. It's over. 10 and 1 to 10 and 3. I had a big bowl of crow for breakfast. I really did. I, 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 Todd felt very confident going into last night's football game. And, uh, you know, we're going to get into that, but can we avoid it for a little bit? Sure. Mike. Foremost, I want to take a quick shot out to the boys over at army and Navy for the show that they put on every single year, right around this time. That game, that tradition, we salute you. What an unbelievable showing year in, year out. I have never been to the Army-Navy game, but man alive, every year I watch that game, I say to myself, when are you going to go experience this for yourself? Mike Gill, have you ever been there? I have been to an Army-Navy game, uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey. I Ah. went uh, when I was a kid. Yeah, it's not coming back to Philly for a while now. It's going... It's bouncing around for a couple of years before it gets back to Philly. I think for, uh, I think it's 2028, uh, maybe somewhere in that range. But you know what I heard this weekend down here? There's a Philly has it every year, but it opens up to a bid. And if somebody matches the bid, because there's a lot of stipulations that come with it, you need to house different people, you need to pay to get the entire university, the Na- you know, Naval Academy has all got to go, every student. So there's like these stipulations that aren't cheap. So, like, Robert Kraft had to pay for a lot of things to get Army and Navy there, which is not – not that's unrealistic. That's not how it works, right? So, I think Philly's just getting outbid right now, but Philly is the helm of it because they got to run. They run the game balls to the game. Navy – Yeah, they, um, they are getting – they do have the next, like, a bunch of them already um, scheduled. Mm-hmm. I actually spoke to the two play-by-play guys for, for a, a different podcast that I host. Um, Rich DeMarco does Army and Pete Medhurst does Navy. And um, just listening to them talk about the game and different things that go into it. But like they said that for Gillette Stadium, that this was the biggest ticket demand in the history of that stadium. Wow. This week's game. This All week's those game. big Patriot games over the years? Yep. Well, that makes sense. I mean, listen, Army Navy, someone's ranked the rivalry and they're like putting like Auburn, Bama, and all. Listen, it's the number one rivalry in sports. It's not even close, guys, because guess what? Everyone in that field is willing to die for all the goofballs and drinking beer and watching the game. So, like, that's the it's the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, and it's interesting, too. It's like the football game itself has become almost secondary. Yeah. Honestly, it's, it is. It's, it's really the experience. I mean, that's. Well the, the bananas that are going, the shenanigans that are going on in the stands, especially after the game, a couple people posted videos of it. Like, dude, that is cool, man. It really is. Well, listen, yeah. I went to an army Navy game. When I was a kid. I went to a Navy game at Annapolis and you're, you're just in awe of what you're seeing there. So yeah. imagine you put 70,000 people in a building and you have the Naval Academy and army in the same building. I mean, just to go to a Navy game and watch the pageantry of everything that's happening. Now I went on senior day this year. So it was a like, it was a little bit escalated in terms of all the pageantry and stuff, but just think about that with army also being in the building. It, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I went to, I had to be 12, 13, 14, 15, somewhere in that range. So I, I haven't gone in years. I was a kid at the time, but yeah, the, the schedule coming out 
You know, they played one game west of the Mississippi. Do you know where it was? It was out in L.A., I believe. Rose Bowl. They played at the Rose Bowl one time that they've ever done Army-Navy west of the Mississippi. Yeah. But they do have the, the the next couple. I'll find it here in a second. But I think Jerry's trying to get it. Yeah, Jerry is trying to get it. It's become kind of like a U.S. Open pool at this point. But, like, but like, what is driving that just as a recent? Like, before it was Philly, D.C., or Philly, Baltimore. Pittsburgh, maybe. Baltimore. Did they have the game at Yankee Stadium one year, too, I think? I have the list of – the so they played 41 times at Frank, at JFK Stadium. They played 16 times at, or 18 times at Franklin Field, 17 times at the Vet, 14 times at Lincoln Financial – and then after that, you got nine at the Polo Grounds, four at Giant Stadium, four at Baltimore. Huh. So you've got uh, two at Municipal Stadium in Baltimore, the old one, two at Yankee Stadium, oh. they played, uh, two at Army, and uh, they played at FedEx Field once, MetLife once, Gillette once, Rose Bowl once, Soldier Field. They did play in Chicago. Are, are, are people just realizing how great of an atmosphere that is no now that, no no it's always so been. why like why is this this there's like this it's just like anything now that things are getting pawned off now right like it's like a okay. fitting war I would, it's a great point mick it's really a great question i would say no my next reaction is no it's always been that way but now everything's heightened with the phone right everything's heightened with tv like college game day is gonna be there like the like if jerry jones when he gets this right it's going to be massive. It's Dallas. It's, you know, heart of football country. It's it's all the, you know, the patriotism. It, it, yeah, so now there's a lot. And, and it's huge implications for this area. Navy, also the one tidbit I'll add is they're going to be in the same conf- division now, same conference for the first time ever, I believe, pretty sure. Uh, they're joining the American Athletic Conference, Army is, which is a big deal. So uh, te- Temple fans, you're going to be able to see a little Army Temple. You're going to see Navy Temple. Um, so that, that's really good. There's now, how's that work for conference play? They're still going to do the situation. So the game's still going to happen the week after conference championship weekend, but if they're in the conference championship games, they'll play each other back to back weeks. So if army Navy end up number one and two in the, in the conference East and West, they'll play back to back weeks. Now they'll play not at a central location. They're going to play at either army or Navy, which would be so cool. I hope it happens in my lifetime down here. Navy football has got a lot of work to do, and so does Army to get to those two points. But, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, the game is secondary, but Colin, like, what, what was the over-under on that game, honestly? Is, is it ever over 30 points? There's, yeah, no, but, it was this year. Colin, it's interesting because, right, if they both win that, they would play back-to-back weeks. And you wonder, would it take some luster off? I don't of the think game so. I think people would be like, yes, we get Army-Navy back-to-back weeks. Now, future games coming up, by the way. 2024, next year, it's at FedEx Field, which is one of the worst venues you could possibly ever think of, but that's right. where it is. M&T Bank Stadium in 2025, MetLife Stadium in 2026, and then back to Lincoln Financial Field in 2027. The link's the best for it because of – and, and not, it's not because of Philly. Because of the parking, the tailgate situation, the other stadiums, the accessibility to the city, you can get yeah. – to, it's perfectly in the middle between them, right, pretty much. Close That's to the thing. Middle. In the middle of both places. It's also a grass field, but makes the game so much better. Oh, Baltimore, Baltimore is a clear Annapolis home field advantage there. So yeah. that kind of uh, defeats, like, you know, the, the, the whole Philly is – it's right smack in the middle of both places. Yeah. If you put yeah. it in a giant stadium, it's more towards the Army – Plus, Giant Stadium stinks. I hate to say it. I love, I'm blessed to be a Giant. It was first class organization, but like, it's not Giant Stadium anymore, whatever it is. MetLife. MetLife. But it, it's not a good stadium. It's no, not well, good. listen, 
that place with the turf problems they've been having all season long. No, no it's a racetrack. It's a racetrack. I played on. You could wear sneakers on it. It's so so. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It's a shame. I, I that to me, giant MetLife should be Jerry's world. I would have went down to Dallas, said, "Hey, Jerry, how'd you build your stadium?" <laughs> We're going to do the same thing here. We're going to make it indoor. We're going to make it year-round. We're going to have March Madness here. We're going to have NHL. We're going to have bop, bop, bop. Oh, my God. But they went open air, and they played a Super Bowl in snow, and the turf stinks. And, like, you should be you're the two biggest brands in sports. They should be bonkers up there. And they have a mall, and it, I don't know. It drives me – they have a racetrack. It should all be connected. <laughs> with, it drives me crazy. Like, the equal I feel like the – They did the, it right. I feel like neither the Jets nor the Giants have that New York feel about them like the Yankees do or the Knicks yeah, we do. We talked about this last week. Yeah. yeah. They just don't have that scene like, oh, because people just don't like the New York teams, oh, the Yankees. But I don't feel that people dislike the Giants or the Jets. No, you're just like, yeah. Even when they were good, I think you hated the Giants. Some Eagles fans would say I hated the Giants when they were better, right, back in the day, straight antique barber. Yeah. Eagles fans, but not like the national, like, you either like you're a hardcore Yankees fan, or you're like I hate the Yankees, evil empire. No the one Giants feels- play tonight. They didn't. They, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't flex that game up. It's a meaningless football game, isn't it? Well, yeah. they have the. This is the big sales pitch. The two Monday night football games, big de- playing at the same time. All the whole nine. Oh, there's two, two games two, tonight. Two, yeah, yeah. All at the same time. Which? Oh, what's the other game? Dolphins Titans. They're both. Oh, big. there you go. Yeah, which will be fun for me because I do radio with Alec Gingold. So he'll have a game and then we'll do radio the next night, which is crazy. He can't even like keep his head up. I don't know how the guy does it, but oh yeah. Well, you, uh, keep, you, keep, you keep bringing up Jerry's world and I, I'm, I'm, I can't stomach the transition to the Eagles. So without further ado, appreciate everybody tuning into the Sam Boner show. Everything we do here is brought to you by Not For Long Media and the original Fudge Kitchen, shipping fudge all over the country. You know the deal by now, chocolate, vanilla, peanut butter, fudgekitchen.com. Get your fudge game on. For this holiday, holiday season. Also, a big shout out to everybody celebrating Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Um, if you think I can spell Hanukkah, you thought wrong. I think if anybody could spell it, I would. Sp- you? If you could pull, if you could <laughs> listen, and I'll say this too for kids, once they have phones, man, why do you got to spell? You don't have to spell anymore. You just start typing something, the word. Yeah, comes yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to get that. Funny, like, I, I feel like a lot of people actually celebrate both. Right, you have those eight crazy nights, or I don't even know if they're crazy anymore. And then you have the one, but I, I live in a, a pretty Jew, rural Jewish community, and it seems like most people celebrate both Hanukkah and Christmas. But, but Mike, real quick, talk to us. I've been to my fair share of uh, bar, bar and bat mitzvahs. Yeah, bro. you know, it's so funny, man. My thirteen-year-old just went to like two or three, and I, I look back on my days. I can't say that I was ever at a bar mitzvah. Well, you were like Catholic guilt back in the day, those days, baby. Old yeah, school Irish Catholic. Is it different. really was. It was yeah. It was different. Mike, you picked up your Christmas tree over the weekend? Uh, I, I'm embarrassed to say we have a fake. That's okay. Oh, I have one too. That's, not- yeah, uh, yeah, that's, it's funny you say that. I'm embarrassed to say. You shouldn't Listen, be. You should I not be. Hold on. No, 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 no. I cannot believe you brought that. 2023, the Mike. The buy or sell segment is coming right now. It was at the bottom of the list. Buy or sell segment brought to you by our good friends at Hank Sauce. Use the promo code Sam Bone. Keep smashing that Sam Bone button. Buy or sell on the fake Christmas tree. And here we go, Mr. Mike Gill. Talk to us. I used to work on a Christmas tree farm where I cut the trees down for you and all that good stuff. So I, it's like I, I, to have a fake tree, it pains you. But they're so expensive now. It's ridiculous. Like, did, did the cost of tree sap go up? How's a tree? $90 now. Like a tree. I worked on a Christmas tree farm. Any tree on the lot, anyone you want it, 25 bucks. 
How does inflation happen on a Christmas tree? <laughs> I am going to sell the fake tree, and here's why. Not for the price, but just for the overall hassle. I bring the tree up the steps every year. We pop it up. We put the ornaments up, and with one hour, everything is rocking and rolling. There's no needles. I have to vacuum. It's good. The dog, there's no issues there. It's a simple, it's easy, it's nice, it's bright. I can flip the lights on and off with a button. Yeah, I'm lazy. Ours, so is, what? ours is, look, it's easy to put together. You've been in my house, Colin. So my house is very... Nice spread. Like, it, it's, a, it's a very, like... Um, uh, it has like the white columns and it's, you know, very whatever. So she wanted like the white flock tree. No. Yeah. So we have like the white. It's not like overly flocked, though. It's just very subtle. You have a white tree flock. Yes. What does that even mean, Mike? <laughs> a flock tree means it has like the white, like uh, snow appearance to it. OK, yeah, I get that. Frosty. I'm out. It's very, it's very frosty. Yeah, for Frosty the Snowman. I'll send you a picture. Can I send a picture? You guys can put it up on the screen. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out, Mac. I want to hear your thoughts. You know, well, you know, it's funny. I'm sitting here. I, I want to immediately, you know, sell. Now, here's the FedEx truck for the first of probably 20 times today. But I, I want to immediately sell. But then the memories that I have of Christmas going to my mom's house, my dad's mom, she just had that, like, that, that picturesque, perfect fake tree in the corner and it just started to spark some memories of growing up as a kid mama Eleanor drinking her manhattan smoking her marlboro 100s but yeah at the end of the day i think you know when it comes down to the nitty-gritty like there's a tradition involved there taking your kids out to get a christmas tree but mike to your point like i think that we're dealing with some sort of christmas tree mob like i went down the street to get the traditional nine foot fraser fro fraser fur that's what we like to get and they didn't have any. He's like, I ran out. I ran out. I had a hundred, and they they ran out the first two days. I'm like, how the hell did you run out of a hundred Fraser nine foot Fraser furs on December fifth? Because that's our world, right? Like everyone's like, I need a tree for the bar. We need a tree for the living it's room. It's like cranking them out. But I think that there's some sort of like mob just like stopping at all these different tree stands and saying, Hey, what do you need? I got I got this. I got that. I got this. Like they're like the local drug dealer at this point. It's crazy. <laughs> off the back of the truck. Got my tree off the back of the truck. Tree check times. your phones, guys. You get a picture of the whole living room now. Oh flock tree. You get a little flock look of the tree. You get oh, a wow. Ooh, Mike. We got a class. Nice spread. Hey Mike, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this it looks like a Hallmark card. It's, 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 wild, it's there, wild card month here at the Sandbar. That's a that's a solid 9.5 spread right there, Mike. Well Mike, done. Mike, the TV's in the wrong spot. Put the TV above, <laughs> the, TV above the fireplace like everybody else. What? what, what? Uh, oh, the TV above the fireplace, it's a tough, like, neck. It's, uh, a, little higher than it, it's a little higher than it appears. Mike, you got it in the corner. This is like my this is like my father. Well, that's because spread. okay. So if you look at this room, there are no corners in our house. So the tree has to go in such an odd spot. The television is usually in the middle of that thing. So you can't sit. You only only five people can see the TV in your house right now. Not even three. You got to look through the. You got to look through the snowflaked tree. Fake yeah. tree. <laughs> I mean, God bless. I mean, listen, teach his own. It looks like a Hallmark card. It does. Oh my god! For a bachelor, good stuff though. Good stuff. Good buy or sell segment. Hope everybody's having a great, great Christmas Yo, holiday birds, season. Birds. Fourteen days, baby. Fourteen what's, days. What's, what's wrong Christmas. with the birds? What's wrong All with right. the birds? What's wrong with them? It's over, Mick. It the six one zero six three two. Should we bring Dick Foles back? Let's bring him back. It's you know it's 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 not over, right? And here's why, right? Because 
we all talk about this day in, day out. This is a week-to-week league. That said, we're, we're, we're in trouble. I think that the Eagles are in trouble. Yes, 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 sir, Mr. Well, Collins. here's the thing I would add to say to this, the first thing, okay? Dallas, for the whole year, had to prove that they could beat a legitimate team. They had not won a game all year. They have done that. Back they have not, not only beat you, they pretty much dominated that game. It was really never competitive. So score. If they don't scoop and score that, it's over. Correct. Well, now, the Eagles had a bunch of drops in that game that I do think changed the trajectory of how that game could have gone. But either way, they could not get a stop. They could not find a way. So at this point, you now have to enter Dallas into the realm of legitimate contender that's another team, though, that most Eagles fans are like, I don't believe in them because they can't beat anybody. Now, I never felt that way. I thought Dallas, I picked Dallas to win the game handily. I fi- I had 34-20. I didn't think the game would be all that close. Wait, you picked Dallas ahead of time? Oh, it, it, Philadelphia right now can't get out of its own way. They got a bunch of problems, and Dallas is an offense that they just can't stop. Look, I know Darius Slay doesn't want to step up and say, hey, we're having problems tackling. They can't tackle. They can't make a play in the secondary. The secondary, these teams are looking at and saying, you can't stop us. We're going to go right after you. And then the front four is just not getting enough pressure. This defense is predicated on them getting pressure. They're not getting any pressure. And confounded by the fact that Dallas has an offense that's one, two, three, plant the foot, get it out. So those type of teams are going to give you problems. So if your defense is predicated on these slow dropbacks, slow developing plays, that's not Dallas, and that's not San Francisco. And they are two teams that are in your conference that you're going to have to figure out a way to beat. Yeah, no, and I think, you know, I think amongst those three teams, uh, all good points, Mike, but amongst these three teams, the Cowboys, the Niners, and the Eagles, I wouldn't want to face any of them at home, right? So if you're the home team in this particular case, unfortunately, the Eagles just dropped to the fifth seed. So they're on the outside looking in from a home field advantage standpoint. But – you know, look, at the end of the day, turnovers are are going to be the be the killer, right, at the end of the day. But even even with the fact that we did turn the ball over three times, I still think the Cowboys were the better team. I still think the Cowboys would have won that game. But, you know, Jalen Hurts, he was throwing the ball incredibly. But at the same time, like that early fumble, driving to make it 7-7, like these little turnovers can dictate the entire outcome. But like, you know, I, I do, I, I, I digress. You know, I, I thought that the uh, Lincoln financial field was one of the toughest places to play, but the Cowboys just won 15 straight at home. Look, I don't, I'm, I could have like came out of the gates here going, this league is absolutely fixed, but like, I'm not going to go down that road. I did see you, some favoritism, favoritism from the rest. Just say, though, look, how, I was watching the one o'clock games and all I kept saying was, that's a bad loss. That's a bad loss. That's a bad loss. Detroit lost yesterday. Um, the Jets blow out Houston yesterday. Houston's in the thick of a playoff. You can't lose to that team. Uh, Indianapolis is in the playoffs. They lost you. How many teams that were the team that needed the win yesterday? Raiders lost to keep the game. Their job. Pierce to keep his job, right? Three nothing, right? That that was hot. That's training. The Yo, right Colin, that's a, I have to ask you a quick question with that, with respect to that game. When was the, like when was the last time you saw a, a game zero zero for that long? Nick, I think it's the first time in NFL history there's been a game zero zero going to the fourth quarter. Holy that's, shit! That's I, I'm sitting there shaking me. my head. I'm like, I have not seen this in a long, long time. Like, and those teams have it. offensive weapons. Like, they, I, know. I know their quarterbacks aren't like Pro Bowlers, but I mean, those teams put up points. They both have good running backs. They have good wideouts. They have good tight ends. Yeah, I mean, listen. <clears throat> here's my thoughts on the Eagles. 
last year, there's a reason why that Eagles defense played well. That offense for the Eagles clicked at a rate that was ridiculous. Jalen Hurts, MVP candidate, those receivers, the run game, the O-line, the whole nine. But the Eagles now are playing from behind, and teams are pinning their ears back and absolutely bringing the house on you. Cover zero every time. Jalen's on his back foot. I don't know how you're not. They're bringing cover zero. They're bringing an extra guy free. So you got to scheme that up and sketch that up and get the ball in your receiver's hands and hope you can break a tackle and get a first down. So credit to Dan Quinn there. Secondly, when these games get stretched down and they're coming back, Dan Quinn, Steve Spagnola, Sean McDermott, these are defensive like masterminds in this league these last couple of games. Like, you don't just come back on these defenses. Now, the Eagles did obviously against the Bills and they did against the Chiefs. And I understand that, but very, very close. But you can't rely on that consistently. So for me, when you keep these games close, the Eagles defense could be world beaters. And if the Eagles are winning, the Eagles defense could be dominant. We saw it last year. But when the Eagles are in these close games and it starts to get ugly a little bit, that's what, to me, the complimentary football is not there where it's been in the past. So the challenge for me offensively with the Eagles is like, what's next? Because the Eagles offense to me feels very NBA-like, not college basketball. And I'll give my analogy. The NBA is one guy, one-on-one, who's open, take the matchup, make the throw. Maybe we'll run the ball a little bit, but we're going to take these, boom. We're going to throw the fade. We're going to throw this. We're going to let Jalen run around a little bit. Selective. College basketball, pass the ball, move the ball, get in the open corner. Very Niners, right? We don't, we don't know what you're going to do, but we know you can, you can run it. You can pass it. The play-action game, the deep passes. It's like, no, we're going to – it's like the opposite. We're going to shoot the three to get the paint open instead of, like, get the paint open and pound the rock inside instead of Yeah, running. so it's funny you say that. That's a great call, Colin, because, you know, look, they were running the ball, but they weren't really running it effectively. No. Like Jalen, Jalen Hurts was the leading rusher. But going into halftime, I tried to – I honest to God, I, I was remaining optimistic. I was keeping positive. I just was saying, Let, let's come back out in the second half and just get Swift going, get Swift going. And they did, but just like that. Boom, A.J. Brown, fumble, turnover, and it's like, it's a momentum killer, man. If you lose a turnover it, battle, it's like 75% loss. It real is that, that's a, that's an yeah. interesting stat. It's in the 70s. Pretty sure it's in the 70s. Well, the ironic part was the week before against San Francisco, they didn't turn the ball over at all and still got wiped. So we got problems on both aspects. Last week, no turnovers, and you still couldn't score. This week, three turnovers prevented you to score. Now, there's some murmurs and some rumblings that the players are saying we're too predictable, not enough creativity in the offense. So They were in the same plays last year. <laughs> I watched it. It's the same plays, guys. For those that are answering that, it's the same plays. Well, but- if, let me ask you this then, Colin. If you're running the same plays two years in a row, do you become predictable? Yeah, but everybody well, does. The Niners run the same plays hey, all the time. Hey, Niners- I see what you've – well, I mean, they might run the same plays. There's a different play caller, so maybe the rhythm of those plays is a little no, no, different. No question, Mike. 100%. For to me, it's like, why aren't we running the football? <laughs> like unapologetically. Effectively. And when we run the ball effectively, it creates more opportunity for other players, other plays. It opens up the field. Like, I just feel like you got to get back to that attack. Six carries against the Niners for DeAndre Swift, and then three in the first half last night. I'm sorry, but I'm shaking my head with respect to that offensive scheme. And I'm no freaking X's and O guy here. I'm, I'm a Sam owner at the end of the day. But, dude, this team has the ability to fucking run the ball downhill and score fast. Like, they keep saying, you know, we haven't played our best football. Like, early on, like, there's a reason we're 10-2, and two, or I'm sorry, there was a reason we were 10-1, and one, right? 
This team is absolutely stacked. Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate. So, like, where did all these screws start to come loose and why? Well, it's it's the million-dollar question. I'll say this, Mick. The answer is complimentary football. You need to help each other. It feels – and, of course, they want to win and help each other. I'm not saying that. But your offense needs to have long, sustained drives. Your defense needs to create turnovers. Special teams, you need pop plays. That can happen. So, for me, like, do you see that all three phases – all year long. No, that's why they say we haven't played our best football yet. So until all three of those things come together, you're going to see a lot of hero ball, in my opinion. Deep shot here, big plays by these guys, but like no more big plays. We don't want, I don't, if I'm them, I'm like, no, we are simple. We're cutting the playbook down. We need to run the football. Jalen, you're handing off the, there's no, there's no read option anymore. You're handing it. We're pounding it. And we're not asking any questions. Receivers, you got to block your ass off because we are running the ball this week. And then guess what, guys? We're going to let it loose in the second half, and we're going we're gonna to run away with the game. But to me, it's complimentary football, and I don't feel the offense is playing that. I know they want to. I'm not saying – but, like, that is the answer. We don't have sustained drives. Like, we have turnovers. Like, we are hurting our defense. We are hurting our defense. So you can say, Sean, decide all you want. But teams in this league are meant to have success on offense. They're meant to. That's why there's fantasy football, and they're all offensive players. That's why the scoring numbers are ridiculous other than the Vikings game. But, like – the end of the day, you have to have sustained drives. Dallas, sustained drives, big plays, everything. So, I mean, I know the run the ball, run the ball. I get all that. Well, I'll tell you this, yards per carry, 3.8 in the NFL since that week four when they were just running bonkers, 27th in the NFL. Yards after contact, 2.3 yards. That's 31st in the league. You know, <laughs> Swift is a nice change of pace type of back. They don't give it to him. I don't know, though, that you can hand him the ball 18 to 25 times and expect that you're going to get this downhill guy burying and beating up on it. No, but you have other guys like Quez Watkins and and Boston Scott. Like, you just get these guys going, right? Dime a dozen. Hey. Boom, boom, no, boom. no, no, no. You, you said Quez Watkins. You mean Gainwell, who stinks oh, out or, loud. Or, or Kenneth Gainwell at the same time. The problem, he, he's had his moment. Okay, I don't want to say Gainwell stinks. Here's the problem. Swift, Gainwell, and Scott all essentially do the same things. They don't have a complementary to Swift. If you have Swift, who's a guy who's really lightning fast and has the burst, you need the guy that can pound it and beat up on a team so that you're burying him inside and then Swift on the outside. You're running three guys, really two. Scott doesn't get any touches. Gainwell offers nothing. He's the change of pace back who has no change of pace. That's it's I mean, guys, I'm looking back at the, you know, we're, we're, we're putting up 34, 34, 31, 38, 37, like big numbers when we were winning. A lot easier to play defense that way, Mick. A lot yeah. easier. That's my point is like, hey, man, you got this offense. There's a lot of money on the side of the ball. A lot of money. Probably the most expensive offense in the NFL. You better find a way to score some points, guys. Your head coach is an offensive play caller. You're, you got a good play caller, Johnson. He's at six, you know, he's been a guy who's coached a long time. What do you mean, Colin? Good play caller. Listen, he's a qualified coach. That's my point. Right. But with those horses, with that offensive line, those receivers, that tight end, that quarterback, DeAndre Swift, a couple of good guys, they should be scoring. And there's a reason why they're not, my opinion. It's the design run game. But everyone like wants to like add a tight end and a fullback and all this stuff. They don't believe in that. They run a very college RPO offense. So this is the problem with these offenses. I love them to death when they work, but 
When they don't, it's catastrophic, and there's nowhere you can go other than tush-push to really impose your will. You can't just line up with tight ends and fullbacks and say, hey, we're going to run you over. That's not how they're built. That's why they have backs like that. So, to me, they need to turn into an FU football team, run right through you, run right at you, and be okay with third and five. That's what I would do. And I would let Jalen run early, which we saw in this football game. That shows you what they think of the backs, by the way. Jalen running early. Because when does Jalen Hurts run like that in the first quarter? Never. So th- 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 there's he a mindset. He did last year. Yeah, he did, and they were scared, right? Because he got hurt in the whole nine. So that's part yeah, of the, but that's. But that's all encompassing here. Is you ran you used him a certain way last year with 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 disregard to the big picture. Now he signs that contract, and now the big picture becomes we can't get this guy hurt. Well, I don't think it's anything with the contract. It means we can't win without him. Yeah, but then you're calling it your their offense this year is not the same because Jalen Hurts is I looked at this last week. He is like 40 carries off his pace from last year. He's 300 yards off his pace from last year. They I think are, there's a reason why though. It's his health, his knee. Oh yeah. He gets, he gets hurt for sure. They're toast. That's what I'm saying. But I agree, Mike. There's there was a conscious effort like Jalen, we we can't run you this year, bro. Plus he doesn't know how to slide right. It's weird for being so he starts to talk about those demons. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> just I love it though. You see how calm he was when he made his mistakes. Like that's a warrior. You know how hard that is to do, man. I've jumped off sides in an NFL game, and I literally thought I was going to jump off a bridge. This guy's like fumbling in the biggest stage, and you're worth 250 million. And he's like, "I'll be back." Well, that's like fumbling all too often. He, he shouldn't be, he shouldn't be running that hard. His, the way his face looks inside of his helmet, it looks like his helmet's too tight. I know. I, I noticed that too. He's like you know, chin strapped up, his bunched up in the helmet, like. It's I mean, how are you supposed to eat Pete's famous pizza or Mustaki's authentic oh! gyro with your chin strap tucked up under your leg? Like like, give now. the guy some breathing room. He's got to get his Sam Bone on while he's playing quarterback. Now, big shout out to our good friends, Pete and Gus. Pete's famous pizza, holding it down. Three locations, franchising left and right. Also, whew, Mustaki authentic gyros. God, man, alive. I might go down there tomorrow, actually, get my Sam Bone on with some Mustaki. Man, alive. Month. Man, alive. Hit those guys up, doing nothing but wonders. But like, let's talk a little bit around the league. We touched on the zero-zero game with the Vikings and the uh, and the and, and the Las Vegas Raiders. Colin, I was actually thinking about you watching. Um, I guess that I guess this touchdown must have got called back. But the celebration, the keg stand celebration. I said, "Holy shit! If that's if that's CT in the end zone, that's the perfect perfect end zone celebration." Have you ever I- seen anything like that? I have not. It was great to see the Vikings do it. I, I, my whole thing is I scored again, right? I've only I've scored once, which is amazing and an unbelievable thing, and I'm proud of it. But if I scored again, I was going to go in there, flip the, flip the cooler open, grab beers, throw them to the guys, fake shotgun, and then spike the ball. <laughs> that was what I was going to do. It never happened. We had a couple more plays in that we could have happened, but it, it never happened. Um, but my favorite part of that whole video with the Vikings, Mick, is Josh Metellus, who's a stud for them, 44. He lines up everywhere, safety, great player out of Michigan. I got to know him this year. The guy's an unbelievable human, too. He's right across from me in the locker room. Was While they're doing the keg stand, he gets a cup, chugs it, and then he's stumbling around like he's hammered. Like, oh, that's no. My, oh, that, watch him. That's the best part about it. He comes right into the screen, and he's, like, stumbling drunk. So shout-out to the Vikings for the keg stand, man. Great, great work. And a big win. That, that Vikings team, Kevin O'Connell, he should be up for coach of the year for all the issues they've had. 
missing Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins out for the year, and they're above 500, I believe, and they're in the playoffs. Really, really impressive. Detroit's trending down. They're trending somewhere. Who knows? Green Bay's trending somewhere. Who knows? So Chicago's winning football games. Like, Yo, I'll tell you, game. man, the AFC is loaded with seven and six teams. I thought one of the greatest games of the weekend happened to be the one o'clock game between the Rams and the Ravens. The walk-off punt for a touchdown. But the touchdown that Zay Flowers scored, I want to touch on this quick. And, dude, granted, it was a catch. Catch, three steps. But when he hit the ground, the ball came out. It was the same exact touchdown as the tight end from the Cardinals the week prior. Three steps down, football move, touchdown, play over. But he falls to the ground, the ball pops out. Like, are the refs at this point – just calling very inconsistent games, would you say? Yeah. What do you think? Mike? Are the refs calling? They stare. That Eagles game last night was embarrassing. The Eagles game last night was embarrassing. It's it's it so bad. They got a major problem. I don't know how you fix it. Somebody's got to call penalties. But it's so bad in every single game. You know, all these people complain. The refs are against my team. No, they're against everybody's team every week. They're out to get you. You know why? They are inept. They're incapable of keeping up with the – it's not their fault. These athletes, the Colin Thompsons of the world, they're too big, too the first, the first quarter last night was unwatchable. It was. It was my like every fucking play was a penalty. Every Listen, play. My girlfriend, my girlfriend was watching the game last night, and she just finally said, this is ridiculous. It's a flag on every play. And she's like, I'm out. Like, she's trying to give it a chance. Football. She is trying to sample your product, and it fucking blows. Your yeah. product sucks they need to do something look i was one of the you people need to move your tv over to the left Mike's pissed he's got no one to watch the game with anymore that's why he's girlfriend. <laughs> she tried she tried i give her credit she tried and she said this product is awful it's an awful product how do you guys watch this and she's not wrong look she's I not wrong you're not you're not she's not wrong at all there's a lot of she's not wrong at all i was one of these people a couple of years ago when they had the referees on strike i said get them the fuck out they suck get new guys in here okay Get new guys in here that you can train to the game. These guys players. Are, these to be former players. Many of these Pay guys, them. many yeah. of these guys were trained to a game that no longer exists. The rules are so over, it's so over legislated. You got all these old timers, they don't know these rules. They're going to rules from games that they played years ago. They cannot no keep up. What's that? They played with no helmets back in their day. No, I agree, Mike. I think you're – I love this. First off, I love the I love the juice. You always bring it. But, okay, as a player, as someone who sits here and says, man, these girls are totally rough. I'm very, like, positive because I know some of them they are really great guys. They really are trying. They really are. Like, these these people want to have success. This isn't like – I'm not suggesting oh, like, they're bad people. I'm not suggesting no, – I know you're not, Mike. No, no, I know. I'm just saying – I'm just bringing it from my experience. Like, I've met a lot of these crews, and, like, they work their ass off, man. They, like, watch film. They get graded. Like, they, they get criticized in their community, not publicly – I think for me, it, you bring up great points, but I think there needs to be a way to get players into the refing community quickly. Smart, former offensive linemen, like guys who like really watch and study the game, like some good defensive backs, like they should be the back judges and pay them a lot of money because guess what? The league is making a, I mean, a fortune's an understatement. An understatement. The, okay, so there's a couple things here. One, a lot of the best referees are not refing anymore because they're on TV. Television is paying more than the refs. So you and got you're at home and they call you in and say, 
what do you think here, Mick McKenzie? What do you think? Well, he got two <laughs> feet down and the ball's in. Are and you kidding way, me? That's the best job in sports. The television ref ain't ever disagreeing with his brother, and he's not saying they made the wrong decision. Half the time they're saying, no, I agree. There should have been a flag there. You know, you got to make that call. No. No, you're allowed to say, look, they got this one wrong. I mean, but those guys were supposedly the best, like Gene Steratore, John Perry, that group of guys. They're all on TV now. Possibly. I, you know, I know we talked about this like during baseball season. I think this came up like, you know, when, when like, do you think AI will ever come into play? Like, I know you guys have thought oh, that at one point there'll be a robot calling balls and strikes behind the. It's hard for, like, that's why I said, I don't know. Like, people talk about getting full time referees. I don't know what doing, giving a guy a full time job. What he's not going to ref a game on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday when there's no games to ref. Just well, no, you're the off season. They're talking about so what yeah. was the story? What was the story over the weekend with the with the Kansas City Chiefs and Mahomes? He was all jacked up over over some some bad calls. But well, like, I mean, a game time game winning touchdown. Yeah. So here's there what happened, Nick. Up in the neutral. I know zone. now. I know. Go ahead. Go ahead. The neutral zone. I got a couple things unpacked there. It, he, he he was over. Now, listen, in the NFL, they're pretty loose and lenient with that with the wideouts. Like in college, they are you are taught. Like college players, you got to be like behind the line if you're off, like crazy behind. NFL, they give you some gray area. They they, they really do do a nice job making some gray area there. I'm not going to nerd out with football too much and lose people. But you get warned, you have conversations, and you're a wideout. You go out there, you point at the ref, and the ref gives you a thumbs up. Then you're good, right? It's always that way. So he probably didn't do that. He He could have been warned. And listen, it was a penalty. A couple things unpacked with this. That play, Travis Kelsey made. He catch that ball and flip it back. He didn't just flip it back. Mike and I were talking about this earlier. He threw it back. That was so impressive. And they scored a walk-off touchdown in Kansas City. Could have been literally one of the greatest plays in like NFL history to win a game against Buffalo at home. Like That was bedlam. He threw the ball 30 yards across the field. And Tony Waltz in the end zone. So there's that. The people that are going to call Mahomes a crybaby for this, listen, you're speaking out of both sides of your mouth. You want passion. You want fire. You want Michael Jordan. You want, and then all of a sudden when he gets upset and pissed, screw it. I love it. I mean, listen, I wouldn't do it. That's not who I am, but I love it for him. And God bless him. There's nothing wrong with what he did. So uh, that's the thing. I'm on his side, Kyle. I'm on his side too. He, he, he was quoted by saying 10 fucking years in this league playing this game. That call was never made until yesterday. Yeah, he was offsides pretty bad, though. He was, say. but the warning wasn't there. The warning should be there. If you're going to, ah, that, that bugs me, man. No, I agree. But listen, if that ball gets skipped in the dirt and they get a penalty, it's no big deal. They move back five yards, nothing goes on. It just so happened the greatest play in like the season happened that play. So I completely agree, Mick. It's, it's, uh, but listen, it's drama. This is media. We get some, give us everyone to talk about this week. This is what the league loves. Don't let them fool you. This is what the do league they love. Loves. Do they seriously love though that the referees are the topic of conversation? Do they like that? Yeah, sure. Every week, because you know what, the NFL is the top of the headline. Every show is talking about it. Because what else are we going to talk about? What are really? you talking about? What else are we going to talk about? There's a ton of things to talk about. They shouldn't. But there's be- opinion on this. People are calling and texting. This is ridiculous. These refs. It it, it 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 creates so much engagement. So I'm not saying yeah, they don't like it. Don't get me wrong. Man, they love the engagement with it. I was listening. I think it was Andrew Brandt's podcast who, who mentioned that the referees don't want to be full time either because they have other jobs. This is like a second job for them where they're making two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year for working about 22 weekends a year. Why do they want to be full time when they can go make whatever they're making at their other During job the season? They're all lawyers, accountants. Yeah. Real estate agents. Right. Oh, yeah. 
Exactly. So, so during the week, this guy's but thinking about it this way. I had a coach say to me, and he had a different story and a really colorful version of it. And I'm not getting into it on this show. But think about this guy. This guy's a lawyer and an accountant during the week, and he's putting your career, your career is in his hands on Sunday. All week long, working, doing his thing, takes the kids to school, goes to work all day, maybe a couple of cocktails and some dinner on a Thursday night. God bless him. You should. We live in a great country. You should be able to do all that stuff. But then on Sunday, he flies in on Friday and calls something that could literally alter your career. So to me, in season, sorry, guys, you are locked in on football. You are 100% football. I'm sorry. Like, there's got to be a way to make it work because it's affecting lives. It's affecting careers. It's affecting jobs. And and I get it. Before, ah, scream is a little grainy. We couldn't really know. Replay wasn't the way it is. We shouldn't really know. Now there's hundreds of cameras. So everybody's a ref and Monday morning quarterback now. So to me, because of all that pressure and how their game has grown, I think in season, I'm really sorry to say it, folks, but you need to be full-time referees. You need to be because there's too much on the line now. Three times last night in the Eagles game, three, they picked up a flag and said, no penalty here. And all three times, the television camera said, eh. I don't know why they picked the flag up. There was a penalty all three times. Why yeah. isn't there somebody in their ear? Like, it's so easy. The technology now, it's like, boop. Like, yeah, right? you, can have a, you can have a hearing aid the size of, like, a Tic Tac. Yep. And, like, <laughs> we can't put it in their ear now and just say, hey, guys, like, hey, there was a flag. Throw, drop the flag. Big time holding on this play. Do that. Like, I, I hate that, though. I, I, I don't like electronics. Like, the whole thing. I hear you. With, with the pitching glove and it goes out, it stops the game. Like, come on. Go back to the natural way of playing the sport. Right. No, I, I agree, Mike. I mean, Mick, I, there's 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 something about the beauty of the game where the game is the game and it's wrapped in it. it it's it's all part of the moment and the severe. It, it was a catch. It's a non catch. But the game's moving too fast. There's so much pressure now on it. Just gambling bigger than it's ever been. So, you know what? The technology in the game. Let's let's fix this goal line. Let's put a chip in all these balls. So when it crosses the goal line, fireworks go off and we know it's a touchdown. That's immediate. Like, Micah Parsons said something, Colin. I'm interested to see if you're in this a couple weeks ago. He said they actually great. need, I, he, but he said they need more refs on the field. Yeah. I don't know that you think they need more. You can have more refs behind the game, behind the play, right? So, like, you can have the like, two, like, one watch on the right side of the O line, one watch on the left. Cause you, I, we've, I, listen, guys, I, I've sat in these team meeting rooms and our, and the head coach brings the, so during training camp, it's a great point. It's a great topic of conversation where I can bring the listeners into training camp. So in training camp, like when you get a little bit into it, the refs show up. Uh, each unit, right? So these, these these they're the same refs. They travel together every week together. So we'll have like the 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 you know the Fox or whatever it is. I forget what it is. The AFC South crew and there's another crew, but they come and they hang out for three four days. No ref your entire practice, and then they come into your TV. They'll come each one of them. They'll split up, and they'll one will be in the offensive line room, one will come in the tight end room, and they'll just come hang out. And any questions you have for them, you just turn around and ask the ref. So I've established good relationships with them. They're really good guys, girls. But so during the team meetings, the head coach brings them in and says, all right, guys, take me through, you know, Matt Rule. Take me through all your responsibilities. Could you introduce the staff? We all get to know you. But take me through your responsibility. You should hear what they're watching. I mean, these guys that are watching the wideouts and DBs, it's so impressive how they can keep up with the play. They're like, we're looking through this guy to this guy to the quarterback. You're like, wait, what? So you're responsible for things? How do you? My vision is here to here to here. I mean, it's like really professional, which is which. What you would assume, 
But to hear them go into it, you're like, whoa, boy, these guys got a lot of responsibility. So Mike is not wrong. There should be some help there. I don't know where you put it on the field. It's not so a lot of room out there. You're putting more officials. You're only asking for more flags. Yeah, no, I hear you. There's going to be more flags. This is Here's how it I is. Mean, there are so many plays that happen. We should have a no flag game. But is there is there is there a communication like in the booth to the ref during the game? Like for example, in baseball, let's just say the ump keeps just just missing the strike zone, and he's just missing it by a couple inches. Like, is there an in-game message like, "Hey, we're looking at the uh, the screen, we're looking at the box, you're way outside for the last two or three innings," and then maybe that the problem is football's not inside that football's not in that box. That's the problem. Yeah. Like, hey, there's so many things. Now, unless some guy's being an absolute asshat, right, and he's, like, punching people in the nuts and shit, and you don't see that. But end of the day, like, football's so complex. That's the problem, right? That's why it's the number one sport in the world. You're like, this takes a million people to make it go. Millions it takes. Yeah, it's a loaded question. I don't know. I don't know the right answer, but I know this. Them being part-time is not a good thing. Not a good thing. You live your life six days a week, and then you pop up to the – you pop up to a trillion-dollar situation, and you got to – make your eyes work like i know they work during the week these guys work out they watch a lot of tape i'm not saying they're lazy i'm just saying you are now responsible for major gambling implications you're responsible for coaches and players career way more than ever it's public eye now before eh, you really couldn't see a hold nah now every guy's going back me all the you name it we're watching the tape they missed a play here so whatever they can to support the rest they gotta do it they there's a penalty on every single. I know there is. So, <laughs> I held my whole career. Not good, man. It's not no, good for the league. Thing. We all know there's a penalty on every single play, but so many times they are calling penalties that are inconsequential to the result of the play that occurred. So you're saying, yeah, there was a hold over here. That hold had nothing to do with that play's success. You know what I mean? Like, so it's almost like, let the play materialize before you call that play that had nothing to do with why the play was successful. And that's a hard balance. How do you even do that? I don't know. I don't know, guys. On the next yeah. episode of no, I mean, Sam, Sam Bonin, Sam Bonin can also be complex, but, but uh, our friends up in Westchester seem to have figured it all out. Shout out to our good friend Spear and the family at pizza, Westchester steaks, Westchester. I said it last week, Westchester, Pennsylvania is becoming almost like the new capital for food and good cheesesteaks and pizza. The, it's, it's likely some of the best pizza. Pizza Westchester is likely some of the best pizza in Philadelphia or the outskirts of Philadelphia. I think the whole tri-state, not tri-state, but I, I think the whole suburban Philadelphia area is Philadelphia. And then Steaks Westchester just came onto the scene about two months ago, and they are absolutely crushing the cheesesteak game. Uh, if you haven't been, get yourself up to Westchester and get your sand bone on. It's wild card month. Anything goes. The holidays are near. 14 days till Christmas. And we're struggling. We're struggling with this. Just trying to figure out this Philadelphia Eagles team. This NFL league that we all bleed mm. blue and green every single Sunday, Monday. It's just one of those leagues, though. It's just so contagious. You know you're going to sit your ass down and watch Monday Night Football after we just bitched and complained about it for the last 45 minutes. Ooh. That's Ooh. either here or <laughs> That's either here or there, but switching topics. Got to bring this up because we're all big, big baseball fans. 10 years, $700 million. Are you kidding me? Yep. Michael, 
Hit us with it, man. Have you seen anything like it? Did you ever expect it in a million years? 10 mil, 700 mil? No, it's funny because the whole story about Otani, there's all this thing like it's not good for baseball, that's so secretive. And then like the one day when he met with the Dodgers, Dave Roberts comes out and kind of admitted that they met with him. I'm like, well, he didn't want anybody to, to know that. Yeah, if he's getting 700 million, I'll say whatever the hell I want. <laughs> you know, like they just blew everybody's offer out of the water. It yep. was like, I mean, right. <laughs> He's Harper's worth looking for every, money already. Like, can you blame him when you see shit like that? He's worth every penny and more. International audience loan. He's worth every penny, every dollar, every viewer, everything. The guy's the best baseball player to ever walk the earth, and it's probably not even close. I always think about it in these terms, and it, it makes me angry and sad, and I don't even know what other emotions. But if we have – if a baseball team has 700 – million dollars to pay one of their employees this thing has gotten out of control nobody should be making that kind of money i don't care what anybody says no one's worth that nobody and by the way the person might be worth it but the fans who are going to those games can't afford it you are your people are paying mortgages they don't have to go to these games so that someone can make 700 million dollars it's it's, it's way of- beyond that, though, Mike. It's all TV. It's oh, all I marketing, know. social media, jersey. It's- He's gonna be number one jersey in the world now. Right? I get it, but He's a jersey be- costs a jersey shouldn't cost two hundred dollars. Is the point? He's yeah, but, but there was no way he wasn't going to one of these upper echelon teams like the Yankees, oh, the Dodgers. Uh, if yeah. Toronto, if Toronto would have forked up. Look, I don't know what maybe Toronto said. We'll give you five hundred fifty million, and he got an offer for seven hundred. The problem was the teams on the East Coast were up against it because of the time zone difference. He wanted people back in Japan to be able to watch him play. So at least three <laughs> hours back over there, the games are yeah. watchable for the people in Japan. So listen, I, I just think in general, sports as a whole, it makes me it makes me like knowing what people pay to go to a, a game, any game. It's like I'm paying two hundred forty five dollars for tickets to a game, and it's like. But what that would have been that way anyways. The, 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 what's a, you, right, what I get you. I hear you. I know salaries have a lot to do with it. But listen, you go, get standing room only. There's ways to make it work. I will say this. What, what Arthur Blank's doing in Atlanta, I think you can get into a game, parking, food, family of four for 200 bucks. Like hot dogs, burgers, dad can have a beer. It's like this whole thing Atlanta does. So that was really cool. I always loved playing there because I respect the hell out of him and what he did for trying to get people, families in Atlanta to those games. But, I mean, I hear you, Mike. At the end of the day, though, there, there's was supply and demand. Like people want to go watch that team. Now I would never pitch to him. I told my wife this the other day. I'm not pitching to the guy. Now I know you got to probably Freddie Freeman's right behind him, but I'm not pitching to that cat. Well, Los Angeles, Los Angeles to begin with, they, they they struggle with attendance during the year. No, they always have. They always will. But it doesn't matter because everybody's watching that game. Well, now that, that, that is the number one. That is that will be the, They're gonna blow. They're gonna blow the ratings out of the water. Anything that. Uh, What's his name? Magic Johnson touches freaking gold. And that guy's now he's not the reason why the Dodgers are good, but he's a part of it. He's sharp. Um, Yeah, I, I don't mind it, Mick. I don't mind the money. People get hung up on all the money stuff now. Listen, it's welcome to 2023. We are not in 1998 anymore, folks. No, we it, aren't. It, it is way bigger. I would have been, been, been shocked if the Phillies pulled that off, though. That would have been. Guys, how much money do you think they made just on a paid partnership for announcing? Announcing he signed. How much do you think somebody paid just to sponsor that Instagram post? I have no idea. A million? Just for a post? So, like, come on. Like, they're going to make their money back times two. On well, hopefully, we're in the right business then. <laughs> we are. We're, we're working our way there. You're Shohei Atani of Sam Bonin, Mick.
where we're rocking, we're rolling, nothing but a, a ton of fun here at the Sam Boner, Sam Boner show. Nick, we need um, to see your lineup. That's what you need to do. Put your Sam Boner lineup together. If you had to put a lineup of all the people that Sam Boner in a routine, don't do it now. Well, think that through. No, 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 you, 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 you actually just struck a chord. You need um, a lineup. But later this month, later this month, we we will have uh, an award show. I want the award. I want to see your major league baseball lineup. I want to well, see. Well, you know, I got to tell field. you right now, you know, batting cleanup uh, from our nation's capital, Mister Steve Sam Boner Bonavita. I mean, is this That's guy for real? He He's continues to just knock it out of the park. I mean, like honestly, in, in, a, in a second life, in a second life, I want to be. Steve Sam Bonavita. This guy just continues. Steve Sam Boner, man. Life. He's, a, he's the ultimate Sam Boner. The ultimate Sam Boner. He should, change, he his name to, he should change his name to Steve Sam Boner. Sam, <laughs> Steve Sam Bonavita. He's got to have a vow. That guy's a legend. I saw him once. I sent it to Colin. I said, dude, this guy needs more. He needs his own gig, man. He's, dude, he, he's, he sent me. He, after his Army-Navy Sambone, right on the premise with the Army-Navy backdrop, the next day, traveling home, he sent me two more Samboner reviews. The guy's a machine. Dude, I like I it. Think I think I, we definitely got to have a, an award show here towards the towards the end of the month. That'll be For fun. being such a baseball guy, though, it would be cool to see your lineup. Who's your head coach? Who's your GM? Like, you put yourself as the GM, Mick, right? Because you're the GM of this puppy. You can have your brother as the head coach or whatever. But then you need to see like your lineup, the people that get to the that are at taking a B's, and we could dive into all that. You could do a bio. This could be absolutely hysterical. Oh, years ago, I wanted to get Sam Boner jerseys, but the rest of the OGs were, were laughing at me. They thought it was a silly, silly idea. Well, I, I like Sam Boner Christmas sweater better because <laughs> yeah. we dropped the ball. We dropped the ball on that one. We'll be but ready next year, though, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As we wrap up, uh, you know, we got to touch on the birds. I'm sorry, the Sixers, the Flyers, 14 and seven. The Flyers, Flyers baby, 15 and ten. Are you are you shitting me? They're are you shitting me, baby? You gotta love it. There it is again. Zamboner, Zamboner out. Mick, first off, as our resident Flyers diehard on the show, which I know you are too, but I watch every game because I've just been it's just been working out. It's kind of nicer on the West Coast. Had a big night, a big day Saturday. Came home. Boom, 9 o'clock, they're on in Colorado, central part of the country. Oh, fantastic. First off, this team is playing with their hair on fire. John Tortorella must put his head on the pillow smiling every night like, holy cow. I have a hockey team that's like so bought into what we do. They are relentless to play against. They are a pain in the ass. Travis Konechny, the goalie, the whole situation defensively. Now, they're going to trade some guys and move some guys because they're playing well, and they're going to get some first, second-round picks for them, which is great. But they'll probably still win and still make the playoffs if they continue to do it because they have depth. They have scoring. They're tough. Turier seems to get a lot better weekly with the back. That's brutal. He didn't play for two years. So Torch is great. Danny Breer is great. And I had Liam McHugh on my show before this, who's big. He does all the stuff for TNT, NBC Sports. He's fantastic. And he was talking about Keith Jones and how the Flyers hit a home run. And it's so refreshing. And Mick and Mike can appreciate this. When you, when you hire someone that you respect outside of the field because you know their credibility. Climbing the ladder, we really respect that. But – that guy is the perfect hockey guy and the perfect guy for Philly. And he said this, I would not take that job for any other organization. I would continue to do what I do. So the Flyers, I know this makes Mike happy. They, they You can listen to the Flyers on 97.3 ESPN. They're so fun to watch. And it, it's, it's, it's just great to see. Because for me, being the diehard Flyers fan, uh, I was like, I'm never bringing my wife to a game until they're good. And now I'm going to bring her to a game. So I'm excited. 
She's from Houston. They don't have hockey down there. At least not right now. At least not right now. You ever have torch on the show, Mike? Torch ever come on? Who comes on? Any Flyers buddy, people come on your show? Yeah, we have a regular Flyers uh, reporter. Yeah, Kevin. I know. Jones. I like it. It's great work. Yeah, it's he's very work. good. Uh, have I had Torts on? I don't know. I don't think uh, we used to have. We, we've had a lot of Flyers because we are the affiliate down the shore. Um, I don't think we had Torts, though, when he got hired. John Tortorella. Let's go Flyers, Mick. I By think the way, we- if the playoffs were to start today, they are the number two in the Metro. Two? That yeah. division, that is nasty. So I'm jacked. I. Listen, I just hope they're competitive and in it and they're rocking and rolling and they put up a fight through it. I think they're going to. Yeah, they're in a, and they, they play every other night here for the next like two to three weeks. So they're yeah. gonna be a, they're gonna be a hot ticket and they're good oh, for the like, NHL. The best part about the Flyers, too, is you can listen to them on the app. So uh not a lot of sports let you stream, but you can stream NHL Flyers on your phone. So you can listen to Timmy Saunders and uh Todd Fedorik is the new radio guy. Todd, the fridge. The fridge. There you go. What else we got, Mickey? Anything as we wrap up? Yeah, no, I was just looking back on things. I did want to touch on Big Dom. What was the outcome there? He just suspended for one game, Big yeah. Dom? Yeah, that's probably fair. People that's are like it? coming at me for my take. I'm like, bro, you don't understand. You don't no. touch. You don't touch. You don't touch people in the work environment, especially someone who works for another side. You just don't do it. And I get what Dom was doing, and I get it. But you don't do it. And Dom's a legend. That guy, he's never losing his job. But – yeah, uh, he was there yesterday. I saw him walking off the field. I mean, he was, yeah, yeah, he, he was, was there on the field. It's no big deal. Usually, you have the, the the head of security is like off to the side, anyways, and then the the assistant security guy is like behind the coach. At least, not usually, but some of the cases I've been in, the the head of security is kind of watching the whole sideline and the team, and then like the assistant security guy is behind the head coach. Like when they go out there for the handshake, who's behind them? Obviously, Big Dom's in that role, but. The the, the the back side of the NFL is really cool. Like the ops and all that. Like there's a lot of people, man, that make these machines go. That's why when I get to the refs, when I talk about who's responsible for people's jobs and livelihood, there's family, Dom's family, right? There's a lot of different, there's a lot of implications with winning and losing. I've seen it in you Carolina. Know, funny, Colin, <laughs> I'd love to, I'd love to sit with you one day, watch a game and just hit the pause button on the sideline. And be like, what's this guy doing? Oh, I got the whole thing. Get it? I mean, you I got guess. hype men. There's, there's more hype men. You got guys waving towels. You're like, there's strength guys, guys, usually strength coaches. The get back coaches and the towel wavers are strength coaches. So they're, they check, they check the guys in at breakfast in the morning. There's the, like the procedural stuff in the league is really interesting if people are into it. But no, Mike, I could. I, I love it. You know, I've, I've been a part of it. I've been very blessed, but I That's love that. Whole episode right there. We'll do a, uh, get a, like a, a telestrator. What's this guy's role here? What's he doing? What's his awesome. job? What's yeah. his job? The What's guys this? that hold the personnel there's signs. Many, there's too many people on the side. The sidelines are overrun with people now. They are. And and sideline etiquette is a huge thing in the NFL. Nothing worse when you go to a young team or a new staff and like all them and people that have nothing to do with the game, like team doctors or whatever, like the current moment, right? They could stay on the side and run off. But like you're getting ready to sub into a game and it's like highly critical moments, like third down, third and short, goal line. And like, Somebody who's not playing the game or doesn't have a water carton is standing between you and the field because they're clapping their hands and hyping people up. Get the hell out of the way. You have nothing to do with the current game. So lots of lots of lots of complaining on the show today. Lots of juice. We have Mike Gill dropping f bombs. Very Mickens. rare, by the way. That's a rare. Very rare. <laughs> it's like something you build into your core from doing so much radio over the years. Alan, you see. Uh... Number 32 in the country, DeMatha, 
absolutely destroyed number 26 in the country, Archbishop Wood, over the weekend. Last night. I was there. I what? went to the game in the flesh. You were at the game last night? I went to the game. I was How far is the matha from you? 30 minutes. Oh. I thought the high math- school hoops, Mickey. Dude, I, if I was 30 minutes, I would have went as well. Absolutely. Uh, I'll give you a synopsis for our Wood fans out there. Uh, Wood Damn. came out Wood came out flat. I went to practice the other day. I was super impressed. Uh, there was When I went to Wood, there was two of us that could dunk, maybe three. The whole team could dunk for Wood football right and Wood basketball right now. They got more, <laughs> they got more three-point shots up pre-practice than we fun. did an entire season at Wood basketball. So that, that program is really – they got players going to Drexel, Miami, tons of young – Go down to uh, any of the big five last week? No, I couldn't do it. If it was Friday night, I would have went. But I'm jonesing for some for, for some hardwood stuff. I I, I love I'm a, I'm a junkie when it comes to. Oh, well, you got a lot of great high school around you now, Mick. They're gonna. Oh, yeah. This past weekend, Kentucky was here. They played Penn. Uh, Kentucky's got the two kids from Camden, Wagner and Bradshaw. They both played big roles in that game. I called a lot of their games while they were at Camden. I called a lot of Camden high games. Yeah, no, yeah, it was Juan Wagner's son, right? Yeah, he's he's legit, legit. Bradshaw, yeah. seven footer. I mean, those guys in high school, <laughs> they would play like Camden Catholic, and it would be just. <laughs> It was like the Globetrotters playing the the generals. We had we we're in this we're in the CYO circuit. My kid's only in seventh grade. We've had two games already. I've witnessed four kids, six four or greater. One of them is Matt Carroll's nephew. I mean, it's, and they're it's, bouncy. It's, That's the one thing I noticed with this Wood basketball team. Every half, half kid is bouncy. Every kid is bouncing up. Like rebounds point guard big guy like everybody's up above the rim and shooting threes the entire team you're just like it's it's changed the whole landscape you would do the mic and drill for two hours i I would do the mic and drill with a medicine ball and then do layups and shoot foul shots that's all i did that's all we did (laughs) but i went to the game uh the wood the math game it was really cool so colin you can dunk you can throw down yeah yeah can you still I don't, dude. I don't put myself in any situation to get remotely even close. Oh come on! Like on the driveway, you go throw down ten feet right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. Impressive. Yeah, man. I you hope so. But um, <laughs> I mean, you'd think. But I mean, it's not like I'm not like putting hitting my head on the rim. But yeah, I can dunk. And I think too, like if if you're in basketball shape, you really can dunk because you're just jumping all the time. And it's football's a little bit different, more, more straight course. line. But I hopped. I hopped over some people in my day, and uh, I hopped over a kid at Penn State back in the day. And then I got absolutely smoked by Mike Hall. Dumped me on my head, but it was sick. I got a sick picture of me and leaping over the kid. But good game. Uh, Woods got some talent for sure. They're getting organized. But the math, man, they were at the home gym. Beautiful place. Holy And crap. Uh, they were just swarming wood. Swarming them. That's a tough bus drive, man, and pouring rain. Three, four hours. That was a tough drive for them, I'm sure. They didn't respond. But they'll be back. Yeah, young team. Yeah. Wood, wood hoops, baby. Shout out to Eddie McCormick. Good stuff. Well, that's all we got today, Sambo Nation. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Appreciate all the love, the support. Nothing but a ton of fun. Chopping it up with you guys here as we shake down another weekend. Things are starting to thicken. The plot starts to thicken. Lots of seven and six teams. We talk about it all the time. Tons of parity in the NFL. Who's going to come out? Who's going to clinch a spot in the playoffs here? This is when it gets really exciting. So continue to tune in here as we shake down the weekend. Week 15 will be next. Um, I'll be Sam Bone in New York City this week. Yeah, I was going to say, happy holidays. Get your Sam Bone on, man. Merry wait, Christmas man. time. I'll be 30 on Friday, boys. Oh, here we go. There we go. I buried the lead. Not looking forward to it. So, um, yeah, I'm going to celebrate on Saturday. Rip it up.
per usual. Same bone. On my 23rd is on the 5th, February 5th. So we'll have to get, get together. And do that. Yeah, nice. Mine's January 24th there, Mick. All right. All right. All right. All right. Sam Boner out. Thanks, guys. Good times. Happy Cheese Steak Month, Sam Boners.